0: The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said... Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour.
1: St. Angela Marici Like St. Joan, Angela Merici was a farm girl with a mission. Like Ignatius of Loyola, she was a leading figure in the Counter-Reformation, and in her own quiet way, her work and influence were as far-reaching as those of her famous contemporary. Born in 1474 at Desenzano on the shore of Lake Garda in Lombardy, she was orphaned at an early age. With her older sister and brother, She went to live with her uncle at nearby Solo. Her vision, the first of many, came shortly
2: after the death of her sister.
3: Why? Why, uncle, didn't the priest come?
2: But he did come. We didn't know she was so ill. We sent for him, but it was too late.
3: Oh, she was so good. Every day we used to pray together, and now she's gone without the last sacraments.
2: Angela... I'm sure your sister's in the hands of God.
3: Oh, if I could only be sure of that, I would be happy for her.
2: Your sister was as good as she was beautiful.
3: That's true. It's true. She had no sins. We used to confess to each other. Do you know, Uncle, she used to make up stories about herself. I could always tell. Well,
2: there, now, it's just as I told you. Our Lord knew she was like an angel and took her to himself without waiting for the priest.
3: Oh, I give anything to know whether she was in heaven anything
2: well i'm sure someday when god calls you you'll be with her
3: but uncle no
2: no more doubts or questions why don't you walk in the fields where you always walked with her remember your sister as your companion and try to think how you would want her to feel if she were now in your place
3: you mean if I had died instead of her yes oh I guess I'd want her to miss me but not to cry too much I mean
2: well you have cried enough now you run along and think about it
3: very well uncle I'll go and think very hard about what you said
1: For many days, Angela, still troubled about her sister's salvation, went to the field to pray. Then, one day...
3: Uncle! Uncle! What is it, I? She's in heaven! She is! She is! Wait
2: a minute! Wait! Just catch your breath first! Now then, tell me about this. You you want to tell me your sister's in heaven?
3: Yes, I was in the field, and I prayed for her soul then I heard music in the sky and there were many angels and among them was my sister and she was smiling and was happier than I've ever thought she could be
2: and now your mind will be at rest
3: oh yes uncle even though you were sure she was in heaven I was worried oh what is it oh I I forgot to thank our lord for letting me know I'm going back to the field My Lord Jesus, my eternal gratitude will always be to you for the peace of mind you have given me. From this moment, I dedicate myself more completely to God and to his work. Tomorrow morning, I shall go to the Franciscans and ask to be admitted to the Third Order.
1: Angela was admitted by the Franciscans. As a child, she had learned about the austerities practiced by the saints from listening to her father read from their lives, and she wanted to follow them. One morning, she left the farm without a word. After an all-day search, her uncle found her in a grotto at a nearby mountain.
2: Angela! 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 Angela, child! What are you doing here? Why did you leave home without a word?
3: Oh, I was going to send a message after a while.
2: And what word were you going to send?
3: That I was going to be a hermit.
2: Indeed?
3: I came here so I could spend my life in prayer. Maybe later I could start a congregation of women hermits.
2: Well, before you did this, did you pray for guidance?
3: Well... Not exactly. I mean, I didn't... You mean you didn't? Yes, I didn't. I mean, no, I didn't... Then
2: it uh, (laughs) was your own idea.
3: Well, yes, I guess so.
2: Then you didn't know that this is what God wanted you to do.
3: Well, lots and lots of people were hermits. Well,
2: true. And in every case I know, they were following not their own will, but that of divine inspiration.
3: Oh, you mean... I should have waited until God instructed me to become a hermit?
2: Exactly. Oh. And since our Lord didn't instruct you, don't you think you uh, should come home with me?
3: Yes, Uncle.
1: Obeying the rule of St. Francis, Angela wished to have nothing of her own, not even a bed, She slept on the floor with a block of wood for a pillow. She lived almost entirely on bread, water, and a few vegetables. Her uncle died when she was about 22, and she returned to the farm at Desenzano. Whatever time she had from managing the farm, she rode to the various towns about Lake Garda. She took a motherly interest in the children of the poor and was shocked to find them lacking in the simplest elements of religion decided to take action.
3: Laura, the last time I visited you, you told me you'd turn to needlework, not because you like it, but to fill your spare time. Yes, one must do something. Well, I've thought of something that will keep you and all my friends busy. Oh, I'd like to hear about it. Well, you know, Laura, there are many children of the poor who haven't the slightest knowledge of religion. And their parents know as little. Whatever the reason, they must have instruction. Well, I'm sure they need it, but who's going to give it? You and I and all our friends. Oh, Angela, I don't think I'd be good at that sort of thing. Then it's a splendid opportunity to find out. I suppose if I if I had someone to tell me how to go about it, I might be able to manage. Well, I'll help you. You make a list of books I should read, and I'll get busy right away. I must Laura, be well... Pr- do you know the catechism? What a question. Of course I do. Well, that's all you need for the present. We'll take the next step when the children have mastered the catechism. Will there be others to help? That's where I need your help. Give me a list of your friends who have time to spare, and I'll call on them before I leave town.
1: There were others like Laura, willing to help if Angela would show them the way. They gathered together the young girls of the neighborhood and gave them regular and systematic instruction. The work was so successful that soon Angela was invited to other towns to start similar schools. About this time occurred the incident that was to be the most formative of her life. In a vision, she saw a group of maidens ascending to heaven on a ladder of light. And from the sky came a voice.
3: Take heart, Angela. Before you die, you will found at Brescia a society of maidens similar to those you have just seen. I will found a society of maidens, and at Brescia. What can it mean? Angela, let me introduce Signor Antonio de Romanis, who asked especially I invite him here the next time you came to Brescia. I am honored, Signore.
4: No, it is I who am honored. I know of your good works. I have looked forward to this meeting. I speak for a number of our leading families. We would like you to establish a school for young girls here, similar to yours at Desenzano.
3: Why, oh, Signore, I don't know. You Do say you will, Angela. I and my friends will do what we can, but our work needs better organization.
4: As you know, Signora, you always have the confidence of your helpers, but they need training, and the instruction has to be regular and on a systematic basis.
3: When do you want me to come?
4: As soon as possible. I will set aside an apartment in my home where you will be free to come and go as you please.
3: I'm sure by now you've trained someone who can take over the school at De Zanzano, and we do need you here.
4: I realize my proposal is abrupt, and you will want to think it over. But we are ready to give you the best school you could want. Take heart, Angela. You will found a society
3: of maidens at Brescia.
0: Anything you should desire.
4: All you have to do is ask. We will give you. Signor
3: Antonio, I accept your offer.
1: Through Antonio, Angela was brought into touch with the leading families of Brescia. She became the center of a circle of devout women and men whom she inspired with her faith, her devotion, and her dedication. People sought her advice, and she was called upon as peacemaker. But she never lost sight of her vision, even though the full meaning still eluded her. And her main work was instruction of young girls against the heresies of the time. When the opportunity to visit the Holy Land was offered her, she eagerly accepted out of penance and perhaps hope for the indication of the message of her vision. When the ship reached Candia on the island of Crete, Angela and the others went ashore. Angela hurried to the church and knelt in prayer before the crucifix.
3: Blessed Lord, when Signor Antonio suggested a visit to the land of your birth and death, I accepted with the hope that the meaning of your vision would be made clear. My life is yours, and I wait the hour when my mission is to be revealed.
4: Angela! Angela! Bless
3: our journey and return us safely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.
4: <gasps> Angela, the ship sails in half an hour. Yes, we
3: must hurry, Angela. Antonio Laura, kneel down beside me for a moment.
4: Of course. Why do you stare at me?
3: Antonio, give me your hand.
4: Angela, what is it? Has anything happened?
3: You will have to lead me to the ship. I am blind.
4: You must turn back. We must give up this pilgrimage.
3: Oh yes, yes, I agree. No, please, we can't please listen our... to me. There must be no thought of abandoning our pilgrimage. If my Lord has taken sight from my eyes, it was for a purpose, to teach me patience, obedience in answer to a question, which now I know will be answered when he wills it.
4: What shall we do?
3: Signor Antonio, there are many on this trip who may never again have the opportunity of visiting the Holy Land. To turn back because of me would place too much importance on me. Please, we must continue on to Jerusalem. <laughs> Careful, Angela. There are stairs ahead quite steep. We're going up to the site of the crucifixion.
4: Yes. Let me take your (music) arm. Ahead is the stone on which the body of our Lord was laid out for burial.
3: It is a pinkish color, Angela.
4: Just beyond is the Holy Sepulchre.
3: Lead me to it. To the spot where Mary Magdalene saw our Lord on Easter morning. Bend low, Angela. We are entering the basilica over the stable where Christ was born. Take me to the manger that I may touch it.
1: Led from shrine to shrine, Angela could feel that which she could not see. When the allotted time was up, the party boarded the ship, and in a few weeks was again at Candia. Again she went ashore to pray as she had done on the outward journey.
3: My Lord Jesus, I went to Jerusalem to learn the meaning of my vision. You taught me that faith must be blind. I am eternally grateful for the opportunity given me to walk in your sacred steps in Jerusalem and humbly petition that I shall always be permitted to follow wherever you shall lead. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
4: If you have finished your prayer, Angela, I will lead you back to the ship.
3: Your hand, please. Wait. What is it? Antonio. I can see. What? Yes. The light screaming in the window. I see. I see again.
4: I can't believe it. You must be imagined.
3: No, there's a child near the door. She has a green dress. She's holding her mother's hand. The mother's dress is black. Now, do you believe?
4: This is a miracle. A miracle. I always thought God's grace was within you. Now I know it was certain.
1: Returning from Jerusalem, Angela stayed in Venice several weeks, but had little of the peace and obscurity she'd always desired. Tales of her personal holiness spread, and she was visited by people who wanted her advice she decided to visit Rome. There, by chance, she met a priest, one of Pope Clement VII's Chamberlains, who had been on the Jerusalem voyage with her. He arranged an audience for her with
2: the Pope. My Chamberlain, Sister Angela, has praised you so highly I decided I must see you.
3: I am most grateful to you and to him. When I came to Rome, it was with the hope, but not the expectation of seeing your holiness.
2: And what did you wish to see me about?
3: For your approval, to establish a society of young women for Christian instruction to the young and aid to the Ah, sick.
2: Then you wish to establish an order.
3: Oh, no, no, your holiness, nothing so formal. There would be no vows or habits worn. There would be no community life. Members would live with their families, but would meet together for classes and worship. Uh, From
2: what I've been told, this is what you have been doing for a number of years.
3: Yes, Your Holiness.
2: You've drawn up no rules to be followed?
3: Not definitely, though I do have in mind certain behavior that those who are entrusted with the teaching of the young should practice.
2: So, at this time, you have no formal plan to put before me? No. In that case... I have something better for you in Rome.
3: Oh, no, not in Rome. I mean, Your Holiness, I must return to Brescia.
2: Wait, Sister Angela. Hear what I offer. Complete charge of charitable works in Rome.
3: Allow me, I beg of you, to be excused from accepting this high honor, but with gratitude for the confidence in me. But
2: why do you refuse?
3: Because, Your Holiness, of something that happened long ago... I feel I have a mission that will be fulfilled in Brescia.
2: You wish to return to a little town to the far north when you could remain in Rome. I don't understand.
3: Even so your holiness if you can grant my request I'm confident you'll never regret your kindness.
2: This I do understand. Your belief whatever resource runs so strongly in you. It would be a mistake to command. So be it. Return to Brescia with my blessing for your work.
1: Angela returned to Brescia to find it and other northern cities overrun by disbanded and disorganized mercenaries. No sooner had they passed on than Charles V invaded Italy. Peace was necessary for her to organize her society, and there was no peace.
4: Angela, the troops of Charles V will soon surround our city. You must leave. Most
3: of the people have fled to Cremona. I'm ready to leave. I hope you'll come with me. My dear friends, I must stay and do what I can to relieve suffering. But you
4: are ill yourself. You are in no condition to nurse
3: anyone. And as for the society you talked about when you returned from Rome, all the women who might help you are at Cremona.
4: Cremona will welcome you. I can guarantee there will be charitable work enough to keep you busy.
3: You can begin your society there as well as here. Oh, I know it's the sensible thing to do, but I did have my heart set on starting in Brescia. Perhaps the time has not yet come.
4: My carriage is outside. Will you come with us?
3: Please, Angela. I'll go with the prayer that peace comes soon. I'm no longer young, my friends. My society must be founded before I die. Signor Antonio, how is she?
4: Close to death. The doctors have left. They say there's nothing more they can do.
3: I blame myself for urging her to come.
4: Would have been the same wherever she was. Beset by people asking help, begging for prophecies. Asking for her to intercede in heaven.
3: The strain was too much.
4: Even now they come to see her for the last time.
3: She still breathes.
4: Each breath may be her last.
3: Resting as always. On the hard floor with a log for a pillow. What is this paper?
4: Her old friend, General Lamont. has already tried his hand at writing her epitaph.
3: Within this tomb lies buried an angel who dwelt in silence and apart to cherish true peace in her heart. God's child she was, obedient and devout, the foe of all who kept her master out. Laura, in what nonsense are you reading? Angela.
4: Angela, the doctor said you were dying.
3: How long have I been like this? Three days. Laura, will you bring my habit?
4: Oh, you're not going to try to get up.
3: Living or dying, let us bless the providence of God. Please leave me, Antonio, while I dress so that I may go about God's work.
1: When peace was restored, Angela returned to Brescia, took residence in a small house next to the church of St. Afra. She was now 60 years old and the time had come for her to form her society, the first teaching order for women.
4: Angela, this society or order you are starting, will it be enclosed?
3: Indeed not. There are already too many religious houses here in Brescia for nuns for the number of girls who have any real vocation for contemplative life.
4: Mm, Yes, there have been scandals and lax discipline.
3: What can people expect? Parents force their daughters, the ones they consider unmarriageable, into a convent so that they can provide a more handsome allowance for the more marriageable daughters into important families.
4: Uh, How can that be corrected?
3: Each girl must have free choice to enter and must have a firm intention to serve God. Moreover, she must undergo a long period of testing before she is finally admitted.
4: But to hold the society together and for it to continue, won't the girls need vows? definite rules to follow? Hmm,
3: For the present, no. I do have certain principles that should be followed, and before I die, I shall formulate rules, but I don't want too rigid precepts. Conditions could very well arise to make changes necessary. I will, of course, put the society under the protection of a patron saint.
4: Which saint do you have
3: in mind? Saint Ursula.
4: The Patroness of Learning.
3: Hmm. She was one of my earliest memories. My father would place me on his knee and read to the family from a book of saints, and I would weep for Ursula and her maidens who were martyred by the barbarians. We shall be called Ursulines.
4: When will you start?
3: Tomorrow I shall gather those whom I think suitable and put my vision and mission before them.
4: You may count on me for any help within my power.
3: Before you leave, let me say a prayer. I beseech thee, O Lord, receive all my will, receive all my thoughts, words, and deeds, all my being, interior and exterior, which I lay at the feet of thy divine majesty, beseeching thee that thou wouldst accept it, though so truly unworthy.
1: The following day, 12 young women accepted Angela's invitation to live with her and receive instruction. Two years later, on November 25th, 1535, on the feast of St. Catherine of Alexandria, virgin and martyr like St. Ursula, 28 others consecrated themselves with Angela in the service of God. This date marks the founding of the Ursuline Order, the first teaching order for young women and the first without cloister. Her inspiration has spread from that time throughout the world. And today, more than 20,000 nuns revere St. Angela as their patroness and foundress.